Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts and on awesome radio stations worldwide. Plus also as well, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Chris Sardieri from the Domination Sports Nation and I cover the world of the NFL and fantasy football like no one else. And we say to you on this week's episode, don't hit the panic button just yet if you started out 0-2 or struggling at this point in time. It's our annual Don't Hit the Panic Button episode. So go ahead and check out our thoughts on what you can do to save your team and right the ship and head towards some victories in your fantasy football team. So go ahead and check it out today, wherever you get your podcast. Plus also as well, you know I cover the latest news and information in the world of the NBA and the Los Angeles Lakers with the Lakers Fast Break. We have sometimes seven shows a week or more waiting for you each and every time out, wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. So go ahead and check that out today. Plus also as well, of course, the great things that are going on with the Vampires and Vitae, you need to subscribe today to get the latest notifications every single weekend when the vampires and Vitae go on the air with another amazing adventure and wild beyond the Witchlight with wizards and wine that great place as well for all your tabletop rpg needs it needs to happen for you and it can if you subscribe today to those great outlets indeed or follow us here pop culture cosmos wherever you get your social media and the latest news and trends we report on each and every day at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend and co-fellow in crime to go ahead and give some uh, love to Payday 3, which is out right now, wherever you get your video games. It is a great friend indeed. You got to go ahead and check out what she's doing today at the Vampire Savite and, of course, Wild Beyond the Witchlight and everything that she does out there. In the universe, it is, of course, Melinda Barkhouse-Ross. And Melinda, all the stuff that's going on, we've got Xbox leaks all over the place, just like a leaky faucet, like a dam that the leaks are all over the place. We've got Ahsoka, big reveals all over the place as well. Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat. Unfortunately, it's great combat everywhere other than the Switch. Plus also is what we got Idris Elba, He's coming out with Cyberpunk 2077. My gosh, there's so much to talk about and more. But I cannot forget one of our favorite shows that we like to watch is coming back after a long hiatus, Upload, Season 3 on Amazon. I just dropped the trailer on Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Please go ahead and check it out. It is one of the most underrated shows that's out there. It's coming October 20th to Amazon Prime. That's fantastic. I still need to get caught up on season two. I mean, I feel like I say that every time we sit down and talk about a show. I'm like, I got to get caught up. I do watch TV sometimes. <laughs> well, well, I tell you what, if that one's not really hard to catch up on because they did truncate it because of mm. what was going on with the pandemic. So they yeah. had a much shorter than planned season. 
but it still was pretty good despite the issues that they had. So please go ahead and check it out. Season one is awesome. I just thought it was really a lot of fun. It is not the highest budgeted show in the world. I can tell you that, but still, if you take that with a little bit of tongue and cheekness and just really just immerse yourself in the setting, it is really a lot of fun to watch the characterizations, the actors and actresses interacting. It's all a lot of fun and it really, it's a good time. And I think that upload season three will continue that now that they've had some more time to work on it. We'll actually get back on the road to being one of the best comedies out there on television. It's such a unique concept. And, you know, you're, we complain all of the time about all of these remakes and stuff that they seem to do. And we're like, where's the creativity? Well, it's in this show. It's such Absolutely. a cool concept. And honestly, the way that AI seems to be going, it might not be that far off. <laughs> exactly, indeed. Yeah. So please catch it uh, as far as the great trailer that they just uploaded. Amazon Prime. There you go. Pardon <laughs> the pun. There. <laughs> Absolutely. I just uploaded it to the Facebook page at Pop Culture Cosmos. So catch that indeed. Plus the latest news and trends are listed out right there as well. But we got a great show to talk about. A lot of great things that are out there. So much to talk about when it comes to Xbox. But I wanted to go ahead. We'll start off with Star Wars Ahsoka, which I think it's it's doing well. It's, it's actually been a good show, a good watch so far. I, I kind of favor it on the plus side as compared to some of the other stuff that Disney Plus has put out there of, of note in the past 18 months. I put it up there just behind, of course, Andor, Star Wars Andor. I thought that was really, really quite good. And also Loki, I think that was, and Hawkeye. I think those are my, my really in the past 18, 24 months. Those are the window highlights. There's been a lot of low lights on Disney Plus, but Ahsoka is coming out quite well. They had a very, very much lauded episode last week dealing with a lot of uh, Ahsoka's past with Anakin Skywalker, and you got to see a lot of that. This week, however, you got to see the debuts of two characters from the Clone Wars universe that people were really waiting to see, and that was Grand Admiral Thrawn. And Ezra Bridger. So your thoughts on that? I know you're still going to catch up on it, but you knew this was coming. Everybody saw this was coming because obviously they were bringing it back all the characters from those great animated series that everybody seems to love or those actually the audience that loved watching it seems to really enjoy. Now it's getting a whole even larger audience that didn't catch the Clone Wars episodes. Now they're actually catching it now for the first time or starting to catch up with what's going on in that universe. And now that it's finally starting to shape up as far as what's coming up ahead, you can start seeing the signs slowly about how they're going to go ahead and expand Ahsoka's world and also Grand Admiral Thrawn's plan for the universe into a much bigger detail in the coming months, weeks, and years. Yeah, I, I I did catch the first couple of episodes and I remember watching the first episode and I was like, this is going to be a great series. And then, you know, you start to read the critics thoughts and things like that. And everybody is talking about how slow it was and how it's going to be another, you know, dud of a show for Star Wars. And I was like, I, I watch the same show as everybody else. So I'm glad to see that everybody else has caught up to what I saw. It started show. to progress. It takes a, it's a slow burn. Pardon the pun. <laughs> but it does get there by around the, I'd say the fourth episode, it starts to really find its groove. 
Uh, they got stuck on a planet for a little while, but once they finally go ahead and set things in motion, it's really starting to go ahead and being something that not only fans of the Clone Wars and the Dave Filoni verse, as far as the, I should say the Dave Filoni animated verse, if you're a fan of that, which I wasn't because I really just didn't catch much of it, but I don't need to be because it's now catching me up with everything on there. I know the hows and the whys without having to watch all those back episodes. I now feel like I'm a part of something good and I'm be able, and I'm intrigued to see where it goes next. Yeah, it's it's really exciting, and uh, it seems like it's a, a a warm embrace by Star Wars fans, which you know can be hard to get. Uh, so I'm I'm glad to see that come through, um, especially for now. As soon as I said, especially for I have lost her name. Uh, Star Wars Ahsoka, as far as Rosario Dawson, Rosario Dawson, yes, her, uh, especially for her. You know, I've been watching her career for a while, and uh, I've been a fan, so. I'm uh, I'm glad to see all of the all of the Star Wars success coming her way on top of everything else that she's achieved. Absolutely, as am I, and I'm very intrigued to see where this series goes next. Uh, something again, I think that it's now leaning for me on this far one of the better series here on Disney Plus. Uh, along with that, we'll be seeing Loki here for season two. That's coming up here in just a couple of weeks uh, after the last two episodes air for Star Wars Ahsoka, so I'm excited to go ahead and see quality TV, quality shows, one after the other, after we've had some issues over the course of the past two years with Disney Plus shows being a lot of hit and miss, uh, so I'm intrigued to see what's going to go on with Ahsoka as they finish off this season. I heard they already starting and do, continuing a season two before the strike, that they had already started production on that for season two. There's also been talk about how this is going to lead to an heir to the empire full-on movie, whether or not it becomes a movie trilogy or just a movie, wait and see how I'm not sure though, how much or how long they can stretch this out. It's good right now in its place. And you can see what happens, but if Thra you already know Thrawn's plan, you already know what he intends to do. You already know what he is. He's going to go about it. The question is, how long can you spread this out and how many films can you spread this out over? Is it just going to be Ahsoka season two, maybe a season three, and then you throw out the film and make it a complete final exclamation point? Or are you trying to, if you're Disney, trying to bleed it dry and make a movie trilogy plus a series? I don't know which combination and I don't know how long they're going to be able to go ahead and keep me invested as a viewer into the series. I don't know. Like I, I keep looking at stuff like, um, and I, I keep going back to it uh, because I thought it was a brilliant move uh, with the MCU and agents of shield on TV. The movie drops that weekend. The next episode refers to things that happened in said movie. I, I just, I've always thought that that was a, a brilliant. And so it's such easy self-marketing tool uh, for, for the creators of, of that universe. So, um, perhaps take a page out of that book since they have Marvel as well. I can't see why you can't copy and paste that kind of scenario, um, and, and make it work for the Ahsoka universe. I think it, I think it would be clever. Well, there you go. Uh, I have some, uh, very, very good thoughts about what's going on with Star Wars Ahsoka so far. I'm really in, in encouraged by the good signs for it as, we're seeing, starting to see the, the plans of Grand Admiral Thrawn 
just uh, you know bits by bits. He's still in the other side of the galaxy at this point in time, and Ahsoka is heading to that location. And but they did uh, were and were able to locate uh, one of the heroes from the earlier Dave Filoni series and all the Clone Wars and all that, and Ezra Bridger. Uh, so they were able to go ahead and and showcase all the major players now. It's now where can they take this series from there? So we're going to continue to see what happens here in the last two episodes of season one of Ahsoka. So I'm intrigued. They've got me right now. They've got me hooked. Can they keep me hooked? That's the question for everyone out there is can they keep us all hooked, especially those that are not as familiar with the Clone War scenario? So if you're watching it, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Please let us know if Star Wars Ahsoka Season 1 is something that you're catching right now on television that you're enjoying or you're thinking that maybe it's not quite where you want it to be because Star Wars Ahsoka is going to be the start of something that all this comes into play. And that doesn't even count what The Mandalorian and how that could come into play as far as combining all these elements into a larger scope for Grand Admiral Thrawn, the heir to the Empire, the Mandalorian, how that all comes into play into the Filoni-verse. Please let us know your thoughts on how Star Wars Ahsoka Season 1 is doing for you. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break Podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Also, got a lot of great things to talk about uh, as far as what's going on with some game releases that are coming out this week and have come out this week. First up, I kind of wanted to try and move it past Josh and I's conversation on Monday because it really hadn't, hadn't, I guess, been fully released at that time. It was partially, it's one of those deals where last week it was released, Mortal Kombat 1, to if you bought the special editions, so they give you the five-day prep as far as the pre-access, yada, 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 and started seeing some of the reviews roll out. Then the full release came out the day after our Pop Culture Cosmos aired. So it's been out for a few days now. The reviews came out for the <laughs> next-gen systems and some of the current-gen systems that it's on, including the Nintendo Switch. But I'll start off with the positive and that it is uh, done pretty good on the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series S and X. It's getting right around at 85 on Metacritic, right around where Starfield's at, uh, as far as that's concerned. So, like, you know, good solid B, B plus to it, depending on who you go ahead and, and, and reach out to as far as for your reviews and all that so pretty solid scores as far as for this reboot of the mortal Kombat franchise it's got a lot of intriguing things it's more than just fighting with this game and also as well earlier this year street fighter 6 it's more than just the fight itself it's about other things that you can do as far as training modes as far as uh, full other story modes other game modes that are added in there it seems like the experience from fighting games is just much more now than just sitting down and battling against one other player. Yeah, and I, I think that could I think that's a positive. I, although don't get me wrong, I, I do enjoy a good button smashing session, you know, just 
going mad on the controller. I'm gonna really beat you up, Robbie, but right now on the on the on the video yeah. game right now. Yes, yes, yes. And I can see you now. I I can see you now as uh you know one of the Baraka. <laughs> there you go. Just like yeah. ripping Robbie's character out there, you know, as far as its heart out or just with his whole head, oh. just the old spinal cord, one of the fatalities, and you're just like <laughs> gotcha Robbie. <laughs> and he has this dejected look on his face like I can neither confirm nor deny these facts. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. I could just, I could just see these happening. Just yeah, you right. with the tearful glee of joy on your face as you did one of the fatalities on his character. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's funny, but yeah, I know it's, it's cool to see a bit of an evolution um, in those fighting games where, you know, you do have a story mode now that you can follow through and, and you can, you know, do more of a, a training kind of thing in, in the game. I think that's smart. Um, I think that uh, there are video gamers out there who do like the fighting games a lot. It's just good to see things. I think evolve a little bit from round one go <laughs> you know or fight yeah so it's it's good to see um see that kind of progress i guess with those games but i mean maybe better other things should happen first <laughs> such as what i just I, I don't know better graphics than 1994 well, okay, I will say if you look at the PlayStation 5 version, yeah, that is cutting edge. Photorealism, especially in the story mode, mm -hmm. uh, the way that as they it speak, should be. Yes, it is really, really well done. It's one of the best graphical games that's out there, especially for facial animation. Please take note, Bethesda, on what uh, you know uh, <laughs> that Never Realm did as far as Mortal Kombat there. But, however, and, however, <laughs> forever, how great it looks on a next gen platform. They made the mistake of making a direct port. We're just going to take the game that way. I feel like you're taking my like my size, my, like my feet, my size 13 foot. And it's like you're taking all the great things about my toes, my ankle, my feet, all, the whole thing, and you're trying to shove it into a kiddie shoe of a size two. And it just, you're trying to cram it in there and you're trying to make sure every corner of it's filled with something. <laughs> and you just, you know, when it comes out and you're trying to go ahead and you walk out there with your size 13 feet and a size two shoe, it's not looking too pretty. Yeah, but and, we could we could call it unfortunate. It looks unfortunate. Well, it's unfortunate because it was a really bad mistake for me yeah. to put my foot in that type of shoe. It's right. also a mistake for Neverrealm and basically WB Games and all that to go ahead and try to shoehorn the exact port into a Nintendo Switch, not the Nintendo Switch 2 or whatever they're going to call it, that it's going to come out next year, most likely, according to rumors and all the things, because dev kits are already out now and everybody's already looking at it. Or I'm sorry, dev, it's being shown off as far as dev kits are concerned behind the scenes. So it looks like that it's going to be well on its way by this time next year That or not much after that, that there's going to be a switch to or some switch pro or something out on the way that's going to be substantially better but to put it on a system that the playstation 4 
and and also as well the xbox one which was the last series still beats over the nintendo switch as far as graphical capability that is a mistake and if you've seen the videos out there and you know as i showed melinda here just before we went on the air it is some really ugly stuff this is probably one of the worst ported games i've ever seen i know that ea has done a terrible job uh, porting fifa to the switch the switch because it has over 100 million it's one of the greatest selling consoles of all time everybody wants a piece of that money and piece of that market the problem is you're trying to shoehorn a game on a higher platform into a much lower lower powered unit and you're getting terrible terrible results yeah it, it well yes yeah that i'm i oof. I, I don't I don't even have uh I, That's I don't, what you I don't said understand. when you watched that video. Yeah, <laughs> I just I don't understand what the thinking was there. I don't know in but what it's universe. It's laziness. It's laziness because you won't make gosh, a separate yes. you won't make a separate version specifically yeah. intended for that console. You try to cut corners and just shove the square box into the round hole. Yeah, and uh Wow, you you lose a lot when you do that. As I see, although it provides yep. for great entertainment and great comedy, it, it certainly does. I mean, it, gosh, it it would almost be worth getting for just the lulls of it all. <laughs> yes, well, if you want to spend seventy dollars on it, absolutely, be my guest. But you are going to get something that looks like a disaster zone. I mean, it, you said it perfectly. You thought the graphics of Mortal Kombat One on the nintendo switch look comparable to the original tomb raider on playstation which was absolutely uh, horrible right but but i mean at the time it was it was cutting edge and it was incredible but yes. but now yeah i just it's exactly that's exactly what i thought as soon as it in the video that you sent it was when the guy took off the sunglasses <laughs> johnny cage that was, that was the moment that really got me i was like oh oh yeah. no <laughs> <laughs> Any definitive features are all gone. It just, yeah, it's oh bad. Absolutely it's, bad. It's almost as bad looking as uh, when they had to CGI the open eyes on uh, what's his face there for Blade, the Blade movie where he wouldn't open his eyes during the, the scenes. Oh, you're talking you know about. I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> for Wesley right? Snipes. Like, yes. Yes, in the Blade movie where he, I don't know what it was that he was doing or what it was that he was trying to prove, but, but like it's it's even comparable to that. It's just like, oh my goodness, it is really unfortunate. And it just shows that you cannot do this. You can't, you become the laughing stock of the industry. So everything positive you get from the game coming out to such really strong reviews on a next-gen platform seemingly get all taken away because all anyone can talk about is not how the good the game is on one platform it's how bad it is on another yeah absolutely and you know you know the the way that humans humans tend to be they'll talk about the bad news before they'll talk about the good news so all of that positive press that you were getting is now going to be just overwritten on the internet and that this is what it's going to be known for but before we head to the half-hour break, my friend, a couple other games that are actually more positive, that have not had that kind of same 
brushback as of yet. One is Cyberpunk 2077. It's coming out with a major D. De- well, actually, the original Cyberpunk 2077 when it came out that had a lot of brushback, but yeah, it did. The DLC Phantom Liberty, starring Idris Elba, has come out to rave reviews. And I want to hear your thoughts on this because you experienced the crash of Cyberpunk 2077. Almost like it's like the crash on Wall Street. The crash of 2077 when it originally came out in such a, a terrible state on most of the platforms that it got released on. And it was something that frustrated many people, including yourself. In fact, we, yeah. I, I had you were on the show. You vented very, very much so about the situation that was going on. But flash forward two years later, and this is the problem. I want my games to come out like this and be in this shape at the time they get released. It's the games like this, No Man's Sky, a couple other games like Fallout 76. They come out horrible shape, and then they finally get good two to five years down the road. That's not what I want to do initially when I put down 60 to $70. Well, it, it, but it wasn't just 60 or $70 that I had put down because it, I believe it at the time it was like the only thing that Robbie had asked for for Christmas. Oh, so I put, edition, I think. Yeah, yeah, I put the money down for like the top tier edition of the game that I could get. And we played it three or four times and we have not touched it since. We have well, not gone back to it. It is substantially better now than what it was then so i'm hoping that you decide to do that uh, but I, again i'm hearing great reviews uh, mm-hmm. they've done with an amazing job of patching it since then but the problem is right. that they've had to patch it in the years since like you you've never gone back to it that's mm-hmm. part of the problem right there but if you decide to go ahead and get cyberpunk 2077 phantom liberty i think you'll see a culmination of all the hard work they've put into it at cd project red since then to try and make it a the game that was supposed to be intended to when it came out those years ago. Yeah, it just it feels like a you know a, you know that game that you play where you put your hands over each other and you try to slap your hands. Yeah. You know it it feels like with that game in particular that that I'm 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 trying to play the game and I really want to put my hands back out but I'm so upset about how hard I got slapped the last time I played that I just I I can't bring myself to put my hand back in the pot I'll tell you what though for a Christmas present to Robbie you know since you love him so much and love him so dearly I think it should be the best thing that you should do is get him Mortal Kombat 1 from the Nintendo Switch (laughs) I think so too dude this just it's the gift here you go Robbie cutting edge cutting edge for you here it was incredible. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm floored over it. I really am. Woof. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. But last but not least, on the new game releases that are, you know, we're now in a time where all these big games are coming out week after week after week, and I'm just loving it because it's great because it's hitting at us left and right. Uh, Payday Three, uh, which the series uh, is a multiplayer first-person shooter game, but the idea of it is mainly as far as in the realm of bank robbers uh, or special missions that you and others are joined together to go ahead as far as do nefarious things, like you're breaking into certain buildings or breaking into banks, or there was one I saw from Payday 2 where they were on a bridge trying to break into armored cars to get a prisoner out as far as one of their fellow uh, 
you know, partners in crime, so to speak. Your thoughts about Payday 3 getting solid reviews, uh, still to me, not the best looking game when I compare it to, of all things, Mortal Kombat 1 on a, a uh, on a new generation, not, not, the, not the Switch, mind you, the PS5. I have it's such to a good sure. example of, again, it doesn't matter how much good press it has on any other platform. That's the only thing I'm going to see when you say Mortal Kombat 1. But the thing is, it's like a, like a standard both ways. It's like, this, yeah. is the, this is the best on the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series S and X. This is some of the best that you can actually see. And then we have the worst of modern gaming that you can see on Nintendo Switch. But we're talking about, yeah, Payday well, 3 is not the best looking game in the world, but you're there to basically, you know, go ahead, be in some multiplayer assignments with some, you know, your, your co-op partners. But going through this and the fluid game for gameplay, the first person action that you're experiencing is something that they've been able, that part they've tightened up. Wish it would look a little better graphically but again the solid gameplay and the co-op team teamwork is what really counts yeah the graphics for to me graphics don't have to be top tier if the gameplay is really smooth and the the multiplayer stuff works as it should uh and the the co-op stuff is strong as long as that's checking those boxes i can let some less than stellar graphics slide really Okay, absolutely. So Payday 3 is out in the wild. Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, the DLC for Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty is out now. And also Mortal Kombat 1 on Next Generation, but our favorite version on Nintendo Switch. So tell us, <laughs> what's the game you're going to play this weekend? And if it is MK1 on Nintendo Switch, we really, really want to hear your thoughts. And why Melinda should get it for Robbie this Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sell it to me, sell it to me. <laughs> exactly, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. Well, my friend, one half hour down, one half hour to go on this awesome episode of the PCC Multiverse. Thanks so much for watching, listening. Truly appreciate it. Please catch Melinda Barkhouse Ross each and every week on Vampires and Vitae as she and her husband and a whole merry crew. And you can catch it each and every week on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. That is Vampires and Vitae. Also as well, she does some great work as well. Wild Beyond a Witchlight on the Wizards and Wine channel, indeed. But I will tell you, when it comes to leaks and it comes to somebody probably losing their job this week, and I'm not exactly calling the WWE cuts because they, yeah, you saw the fallout from their merger with UFC and Endeavor. Unfortunately, a lot of people there were were laid off, as was expected. We just saw today a whole bunch of uh, lower tier. Uh, wrestlers wrestlers who are not as well thought of in the in the company they were also given their release as well along with several dozen employees uh about a hundred per se last week as far as the wwe i'm talking about the individual at microsoft who when uploading all the material in relation to the battle between xbox and ftc 
over the Federal Trade Commission, over the purchase of Activision. And fortunately, during the process, they leaked some material out onto a government website that was easily found. It was not redacted. So it was oh fun for all the individuals out there on the internet to go ahead and grab and be able to go ahead and read. And my, oh my, was there a ton of reading there. Now, let's put some things in context first, Melinda. I want to yeah. first tell it that you know that these so a lot of these memos or emails, they date from 2020 to 2022, I think. I don't think anything was 23. There may have been. But a lot of these uh, things that were mentioned, they don't hold the same date timeline as they did in these memos. So you would have to take them as with a grain of salt. And some of these projects, they may have canceled since those memos were created. So let's put that into some pers- uh, context as well, because a lot of what was in there had not already yet been released. But uh, we'll go with the first Hardware news, I guess, is probably the best way we'll go ahead and say it. First thing is, is that they had planned Xbox on doing a refresh on the Xbox Series X and S uh, coming out next year. That was what the original memo says. I don't know if it will still come out at that point in time, but when it comes out, it's going to come out uh, as a two terabyte model. It's what they're, I'm going based it off the Xbox Series X. It's not going to be the square unit that sits up. It's going to be a more rounded, uh, you know, uh, cylindrical type, uh, you know, console, things of that nature. It's going to have some little bit of different features, but the biggest feature is that it don't, no longer has an optical drive. Uh, it's going to be sold for the same price, $499. It has cheaper components and it's uh, fast, cheaper, but, you know, pretty much the same speed or faster. So it's going to be either uh, as powerful or more powerful for the same price but it's going to be smaller and uh, it's going to be a little bit more profitable for Xbox because it's holding that same price. But the thing is, as we I mentioned, no optical drive, but was also mentioned in the memo was that the plans on when they wanted to release the next generation of console in 2028, which would put it probably the this current console generation about eight years-ish, right in that, that realm. I don't know if they'll hold that line timeline either. Now, you know, all bets are off at this point in time if 2028 is going to be the actual answer. But that individual console, they talked about what they're going to plan to do, making more like a cloud, a cloud hybrid, more integrating more the cloud, which was such a source of the contention for the FTC and also overseas in regards to this act, this Activision purchase. You know, what about the cloud? What about the cloud? The cloud, which is not a great part now of gaming. They fully intended to buy in with with a cloud hybrid unit coming up then. But the biggest part about it was that there's no optical disc either in any version that they had envisioned. So they pretty much, as of this point, want to get rid of the disc altogether. If they do bring it out, it would probably be as a peripheral like they've done before in the past. It's provided uh, peripherals for disc of the HD DVD uh, or any, you know, they've provided that in the past. But your thoughts on ditching the optical disc in future Xbox consoles, PlayStation most likely would also follow suit on that unless there's a sheer consumer backlash. And as much as we love the the actual process of having and owning 
tangible video games that you can hold and touch. I know Josh, you know, Josh is very adamant about that and goes on, yeah. uh, you know, uh, he goes on a soapbox anytime at all in regards to that. I have a feeling there's a future not too far away where there will no longer be consoles with optical disc capabilities. Yeah, I, I think the discs are going the way of the dodo bird, honestly. I I haven't bought My, a video. Our friends at Retro City Games don't want to hear you say that. Well, no, <laughs> no I, I mean in the new generation consoles. They of course, still don't the want to hear gonna... that, even though I know they, <laughs> that they think it's probably a, it's something yeah. to do. So. I, I just personally, um, I haven't bought a, a CD, a DVD, a game disc in years. Uh, it's it's everything is on a, a service or uh, it's on the cloud or you know that that's just is how I get everything that's I've I've bought into that I suppose and I think I I'm at ease with it because um, I don't I don't know if I I don't want to say I was an early adopter of Google Drive but um, a lot of my life <laughs> and uh, you know like my my prep for my D and D games uh, notes that I take for Vampire. Um, other things like that, uh, that I need access to wherever I am, I, I go to Google drive for, so I'm, I guess maybe that experience has made me okay with doing away with discs. Maybe, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, because I'm, I'm usually the slowest when it comes to, you know, adopting new technologies. <laughs> so embarrassed to say well, that. I, I can't wait to tell ask, or ask Josh this question on, on our, on, on Sunday when we record, because yeah, he's had this opinion several times, and, you know, as someone who makes, you know, a living with his happy hoarder collectibles now, plus he also had his collection before he is a collector and loves tangible things. So the thing is though, they see the marketplace Everybody acknowledges yeah. more people buy digital than they do physical units. And that's going to be the thing that it's really getting harder and harder to justify the existence of optical drives based in these consoles going forward, simply because of the fact that so many people prefer buying digital platforms. Yeah, I, I think the only, the <laughs> we all have our standards. And I think the only place that I have a problem fully switching to digital is uh, dice for D&D. <laughs> I have to have those in my hands. I have to be able to roll those, even if it's once in a game and everything else is, is done on D&D Beyond or whatever interface you're using. Uh, that's probably the the only thing that I'm, I'm going to end up being a stick in the mud about is, uh, you know, giving up my physical dice. I, that'll have a hard time with that. So I, I do understand where Josh is coming from. I, I also am, uh, you know, bit of a collector of things I'm, I'm a bit of a hoarder like the amount of things behind this fabric wall is shocking <laughs> it's uh you know piled on shelves and um in a weird way i know where everything is um but you know when it comes to having to have racks with all of the games on them and and all of that stuff i'm i was happy to get rid of it i it felt cluttered and and that particular thing at cds dvds game discs um, all made me feel a little claustrophobic. I can't really explain it beyond that. So I'm okay with letting that go. I also wanted to go ahead and touch on one last thing and as far as the hardware end of it is something you also wanted mentioned as well as far as a controller, a direct-to-cloud wireless controller uh, that is in development at that point in time. Uh, it looks something like what we wanted to see as far as the future, how that will continue to evolve the controller. Plus also, 
emulating more of the PlayStation 5's capability with the swipe uh, feature as well, and plus more haptic fee uh, feedback, uh, which was something that, again, we don't know if this will ever come to the light of day or if, it, you know, if they do release, it will come in some different form or some features will be going and coming. But it shows that that despite the fact that they do lead the, the console technology in some ways, that they are, admire some things that Sony does and try to emulate that, at least in theory, in practice, that they may do going forward as well. Yeah, and and I think that uh, you know any kind of progress with the controllers and and if you can make that haptic feedback uh, do more and and give you more than every once in a while while you're playing, then um, I'm I'm all for that. I, I think that's smart. Um, but yeah, like you said, uh, it seems like um, it seems like it's it's a little bit of a fantastical idea right now to me. Also, I I don't have a PS5, so I can't really you know, weigh in on, on what the PS5 controller is all about or, or how that works or, or any of that stuff. But I, I do think that uh, that does feel a little fantastical and I wouldn't be surprised if that is one of the projects that does end up getting kind of pushed away. There you go. But we've got more to talk about here coming up in a sec, but I wanted to make sure and let you know that again, this is about the leaks that were produced earlier this week in regards to uh, a lot of the memos and emails that were used as evidence in the FTC battle against Microsoft uh, in regards to the Xbox purchasing Activision. So I wanted to get you back up to speed on that. But before we head on out, Melinda, I wanted mm -hmm. to go ahead and mention a little bit more into this before we get to the games part of it, because there was a ton of games that were talked about on this. Want to go ahead and talk about some of the things that were said behind the scenes and email chats, which were of great interest to you, in regards to some of the email chains. Uh, you know, some a lot of it by uh, Xbox lead Phil Spencer. Actually, some of it did come from this year, and but some of it in previous years. Uh, like you said, they underestimated, like I think the world did, in regards to Baldur's Gate three and the popularity yeah. of it. Uh, I think that they were caught a little bit off guard on it. And then that's been to their detriment because they were reluctant to go ahead and, and release different versions, uh, different feature qualities for the Xbox series X and S. So while that PlayStation five now has like a two to three month lead on the console for Baldur's gate three, uh, that sets them back a bit there. But the biggest thing I think that came out as far as the memos that were leaked out there was the, one that you took most note of in Phil Spencer, half jokingly, half not, <laughs> uh, going back and forth with some of his colleagues in regards to the possibility of purchasing Nintendo, which I think he said half jokingly. Uh, he'd, he'd like to? Yes. Does Microsoft have the money or the number that they could throw at Nintendo? Yes. Will Nintendo accept the offer? Heck no. I think he knew that, but I think it was just something that he thought of as a, and he joked it would be a career defining moment for him. Yeah. But I think even he knows he's so familiar with the gaming marketplace, even more than, than you or I, he knows the ins and outs behind the scenes. He knows that Nintendo, which, you know, is, I think Nintendo, it should be, you know, uh, they should change the language in Japanese to Nintendo mean profit because Nintendo basically <laughs> yeah. means profit and yeah. a lot of it. Your thoughts though, on what Phil Spencer half jokingly said, as far as admiring Nintendo's great work, but also eyeing it for a possible, not so possible purchase. 
I mean, I guess in a way you got to applaud the man's ambition. Yeah. <laughs> you I'll tell you what, I want to buy Nintendo too. How about that? Yeah, yeah. You know, Gerald, if if you do, I'll be happy to jump on as a game tester and I will only allow games to go through if they're going to end up looking like the new Mortal Kombat game. There you go. Absolutely. You want to send <laughs> A deal. There you go. You yeah. want to send Nintendo Switch on a crash yeah. and burn? There you go. Yeah. Have them look. Well, have no, every just, game look like that. It just seems like as likely of a scenario, you know. Well, it just reminds me a lot when we talk about that or how bad FIFA is on the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. All the previous years, as IGN has just continuously give them two out of tens each and every year because the fact is they're doing that same thing. Is it just reminds me of the Wii and the way that they put so much shovelware or so many lousy ports of Xbox 360 and PS3 games on there and tried to go ahead and shoehorn them in there. But I will say this though, Nintendo does a lot of the right things the right way and they make a ton of money in doing so. And I could see why that there's a lot of admiration and a lot of desire and jealousy to go ahead and half jokingly, you know, say, I want to buy that. But I actually want to touch on one more hardware thing is that with the refresh on the uh, Xbox Series X, uh, if you do or are interested on it, it would be custom design labs possible. As you know, they have a base version, but if you wanted to design it yourself, there would be a way to go ahead and incorporate that with uh, their custom design labs, Xbox design labs. So I thought that's kind of cool. It makes me want to think, okay, if that's going to be the future, I might wait to get an Xbox Series X because I have an S but I might wait to get an Xbox Series X if I can design it as far as the way I want to. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Before we head on out and before we talk about the movies that are coming up this weekend, plus also as well uh, a little bit more on the television streaming platform, Want to go ahead and mention some of the games that they had talked about. Again, that part of it was from a memo about 2020. So all these time frames on when they were expected to release are off. So I'm not even going to mention when they were off, uh, when they were expected to come out. They're all messed up at this point in time. I and mean, we don't know if all these games will be coming out. But uh, they talked about a new Doom game entitled Doom Year Zero. So it may sound like a prequel. Ghostwire mm-hmm. Tokyo 2, which kind of surprised me because that game came out too. Decent reviews, but I didn't know if it sold well enough to go ahead and support a sequel. Dishonored 3, uh, as far as also as well, a, a new MMO by Zenimax, you know, which is, uh, of course, one of, you know, the, when you talk about Zenimax, that incorporates the whole nine yards with Bethesda right there. That's, they didn't give that a name as of yet. But Elder Scrolls 6 was going to be Xbox exclusive. We pretty much figured that out already. Uh, Also, as well, they talked a little bit more about the upcoming Indiana Jones games. 
But the thing that was most intriguing to me, uh, not that it was a Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, you know, a bump up, which we talked about, which ultimately 2K released and uh, whatnot, but they did talk about that behind the scenes as well, was the fact that they talked about a remaster of Fallout 3. Eh, really, I know a lot of people that are like, if you like your Fallout, that's one of the best versions, so they really like that. I'm not a big Fallout fan, so I could really care but less, but Elder Scrolls 4. Mm -hmm. oblivion remaster as a possibility that would have come out actually this year i believe uh what it was originally targeted to so that if it's done well and it looks great and it looks a lot like what they've already done in the modding community out there on, on pc for it if they do that microsoft you have my money you have yeah my money. One of my uh, one of my girls back in Halifax, uh, Cynthia, who's uh, plays on Wizards and Wine, she's an Elder Scrolls fanatic. She Oblivion will lose. She yeah yeah for sure. She will lose her mind if that happens. She will be thrilled. I'll I will lose her as a player at my table. <laughs> I well I told Josh on the Monday show. This is before I even knew about the leaks that came out later that night. Uh, mm -hmm. I told him I said I had played hundred thirty hours. Uh, already of oblivion i never finished the main story i don't know where i yeah. left off and i left that off years ago i just had so much fun whenever i go back to it like every two or three years and i just go ahead and i'm doing my own thing as far as in the gladiators or i'm going and exploring and doing something that i forgot oh yeah there's a main story that i gotta go ahead and finish one of these days so if that's the case and they bring out a remaster i'm really good with that but yeah they came out with a ton of stuff that got all leaked out that you know, depressed Phil Spencer. It seems like every time he gets a bit of good news with the fact that now Starfield has had over 10 million players play Starfield, he gets this right on his doorstep. So he's had a pretty rough uh, past, uh, actually he's had a pretty rough decade so far, so back and forth. But here's hoping that a lot of that stuff that was announced comes out and comes out to fruition. But if you have thoughts on all these massive Xbox leaks that came out earlier this week, as far as no optical drive in the future for Xbox, uh, as far as a new cloud supportive controller, all the game announcements that they were, or at least the stuff that they were working on that uh, may or may not come out as far as in the future, all the titles that they were talking about, please let us know your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. But before we head it out, my friend, I wanted to leave a little bit of time left for what's coming out on streaming and the movies this weekend. Uh, <laughs> uh, this weekend at the box office, you have, uh, I'm not laughing because of dumb money, because that's based off the GameStop uh, fiasco, yes. where a lot of people were able to profit off that, including our own Josh Peterson. But they made a movie on it. They actually turned around quite quickly, so... Uh, there was a lot of people that uh, are interested in that. So that is being released this weekend. Also as well, a horror movie that's coming out, It Lives Inside, from the producers of Get Out. So that's coming available. That may actually, uh, depending on the horror market that's out there, that's been very supportive. That could actually sneak in as far as a number one this weekend. But the movie I want to talk about before we head on out, is The Expendables number four with the <laughs> old, a lot of the old crew, not the whole entire crew, but the whole, yeah. you know, a good portion of the old crew, and I emphasis on old, coming back together one more time for another go-around. 
I mentioned in the Monday show with Josh how we were talking about Big Fat Greek Wedding 3 and also as well as far as a haunting in Venice. This was just extra money. Yeah, they might not. Those movies, specific movies, may not make a dollar in profit, but their predecessors made so much money before that, especially the first original movies in the, both those series, yeah. that it really doesn't matter. Overall, the series is going to be successful because of how much money you made off the first one. Same thing with Expendables. The Expendables 4 comes out, does okay overseas, or if it doesn't, you know, really at this point, it's a late September release. Pretty much all bets are off at this time of the box office on something that actually makes. We've seen it do well at this time frame and this month. We've seen other movies that have been released in this month do pretty poorly. Your thoughts on Expendable 4s before we head on out? Well, I I mean, it's, it's going to do okay at the box office. There are people who just love those, you know, larger-than-life explosions everywhere popcorn flicks. You know, and, and there's nothing wrong with those movies. I, I, you know, I am guilty myself of enjoying, uh, you know, a movie where you can just sit down and turn off the brain and, and just, you know, kind of vacantly stare at the screen. And you don't have to think too much about the plot because what's a plot? When you're watching yeah. those movies, you know, it's another opportunity to see, you know, some of your favorite action stars on the big screen. And that's always a good thing. There's there's always that feeling of nostalgia that comes along with seeing them. So I, I don't think there's a, a bad thing about the movie at all. So it's no, not going to get no. me into the movie theater yet. I'll tell you that, though. Definitely want to go ahead and say if you're interested, that's your thing. I think this movie, though, I'm going to go ahead and touch on one last show here before we leave. But. I want to say one thing on Expendable Force. This is the type of film that maybe should have been turned over to Netflix because a great showing on Netflix could extend the series even more because we've seen these mindless action flicks do really well for two or three weeks on Netflix. That's true. And, you know, I, I often see them leave trend that, that top 10 trending on Netflix, which I think is really just marketing, but... Uh, anyway, uh, you know, you see them leave that top 10 and then, you, you know, they're gone for a couple of months and it's almost like people rediscover it and then it makes it back into the trending thing. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if if it did have uh, quite the extended life possibly on Netflix, even if it doesn't do incredibly well at the box office. Uh, there, there's certainly life after that, I think, for this one. Yeah, see, because the movie's being reviewed horribly, although they've never been reviewed well. This yeah. one is not being reviewed very kindly. I just think it probably would have been better in hindsight if they see these movies and put them out on a streaming platform because people will watch that in droves because there's nothing else to watch at times like these. So yeah. a movie like that could thrive on a platform like a uh, like a Max or especially a Netflix or an Amazon Prime instead of tanking at the box office, which it's more than likely to do this weekend. But then again, the series in itself, Overall, you have to categorize it as a win because they've made they've been able to go ahead four installments and been able to make money on it. Yeah, for sure. And it really any opportunity I have to see Jason Statham on the big screen is an opportunity that I will more than likely take. So coming up after the Meg too, there you go. Absolutely. Kurt Affairs says Netflix would make it the Extendables. Yeah, they would probably go ahead and put out a couple more. I mean, again, if it's a mindless action flick, I mean they've already had Gal Gadot and Chris Hemsworth on doing a few. And Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's leading the charge for Netflix. So there you go. Yep. Absolutely. That would have been the best thing indeed. But what are your thoughts out there on Expendables 4? Please let us know your thoughts, PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. 
Uh, he Kurt Affair is saying you can pretend it's a date movie with Megan Fox, Jason Statham, and the older uncles. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> uh, he thinks though it would be better than Six Underground. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Uh, there are mm. all those action movies on Netflix. Uh, not all of them, but most of them have been pretty bad. Yeah, but get the people watch them. They Netflix and chill, and I'll leave it at that. But before we head on out, one last thing. Speaking of Mel Gibson, who we mentioned earlier, he is coming out this weekend as part of The Continental, which is supposed to be a prequel in the realm of John Wick. Your thoughts before we head on out. Super excited about it. I, I love the John Wick universe, and I am thrilled that we're getting shows and, and even the rumors of the shows that I've been hearing about uh, coming out of the John Wick universe. Um, it, it just all seems very interesting. It was just so, it was really great world building uh that they did in those movies and uh the mystery of the continental uh you know and and how that fits into this greater world of all these assassins um is definitely one that is very very interesting to me in the trailer uh for the the three-part series that's coming um you know th there's some really great moments in it there's going to be some great action there's going to be some great hand-to-hand uh, combat stuff going on there there's going to be some amazing gunplay as we expect some gun foo if you will and also one of the things that i really enjoyed it's set in the 70s and there are a couple of moments in the trailer that the trailer hits these almost like black exploitation uh poses and uh, things like that with some of the characters so i just thought that that was really fun uh you know and a nod to superfly which is always a good thing um so i'm uh just, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be great. Um, is John Wick without John Wick going to work for everyone, though? I think that's the big question. That's true. So we'll definitely have to look forward to seeing the reaction to this. Uh, they did pretty good with a couple of their previous series, including Twisted Metal. So we'll see what happens with the Continental that is out this weekend on Peacock. On Peacock. But Melinda, it's been a great episode. Cannot thank you enough again, as always, for stopping by. But any last thoughts before we head on out? Oh, my goodness. Um, so Wizards and Wine, uh, we finished with uh, The Wild Beyond the Witchlight. We had our finale last weekend. So we're busy behind the scenes getting the last uh, editing done on uh, this season. And uh, with the Vegas table, we are getting ready to launch into my very first attempt at a full-on homebrewed campaign. I'm pretty excited about it. We we played uh, for ourselves uh, in-house, so you're not going to see it streamed anywhere. We're going to release it, I think, like an episode zero, but we kind of did like the prologue, which moves the characters from the end of Witchlight into the world that uh, I'm building for the next campaign. So it, it's all the same characters, so it's still Amaryllis, Bevy, Les, Divot, and Trix moving into this new world and we hope uh at least i plan to take the campaign from characters at level 10 which they are now uh up to level 20 so it's the first time also that i've tackled that end of uh the leveling system in dnd &D. so i'm going to be learning a lot this season is it all going to go smooth i hope so because i've worked for months on this campaign and i'm so excited to finally get the chance to introduce my players and, and the audience to it as Melinda would say, oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> but, you know, if it all goes wrong, mm -hmm. you can just call me. Yeah. I'll bring over my Switch, and you can play <laughs> Mortal Kombat 1 and show them off. It'll make me feel so much better. 
Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> so from Melinda Barkhouse Ross, this is Gerard Glassford. It's a beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great